Good morning, Haynes Creek. It is good to be worshiping with you today. Thanks for joining us today on New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve, thanks for being here. Uh, really appreciate all of you joining us, especially uh, it's a special service, different kind of service. Uh, we don't have kids ministry today. Typically every Sunday we have this awesome, amazing kids ministry with incredible volunteers who are pouring the gospel into the lives of our children and partnering with parents in the discipleship of their children. Uh, but we want to give those amazing workers a, a couple weeks off at the end of the year. So we like to do family style with Christmas Eve and then the, the last Sunday of the year we do it uh, all together. Family style, which is a lot of fun. So, parents, thanks for being here with your children. Kids, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being in here. Um, I promise I will not go as long as I typically do. You know, maybe right around 40, 45 minutes or so. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It'll be it'll be shorter than that. Made a promise to my wife, uh, and I will I will do my best to stay on target, y'all. But thank you so much for joining us. I, I really do like these uh, unique, special moments throughout the year. So thank you for joining us. And uh, I just want to say uh, just a, a special word for last Sunday for those that were here for our Christmas Eve service. First, thank you to the many people who volunteered to help pull that off and, and set up and, and get everything ready for that. And in church, we had just under 100 folks here uh, last Sunday, which makes it one of the largest service this church has ever had, which is an incredible moment. And we want to celebrate that, not to, to toot our own horn and be like, oh, look at us. We had a bunch of people here. That's awesome. No, but that means that a bunch of people heard the gospel and heard about Jesus, and that is always something worth celebrating. So to those who are here, to those who helped serve and make that service happen, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we really can't do this without you, so thank you for that. Um, and just to let you know kind of where we're going over the next couple of weeks. So we are going to continue uh, our break from Philippians. So we've, uh, we finished chapter two a couple weeks ago. Uh, we will pick back up in chapter three in a couple of weeks, but uh, this Sunday we're not in Philippians, and then the next two Sundays are really special. Sundays. I want to encourage you, make sure you are here for next Sunday and the Sunday after that. We're going to take two weeks, just like we did last year, and do what we call Vision Sunday around here. It's just a, a way to remind us who we are as a church and what we're seeking to do and what we're seeking to build. So we're going to give our high-level overview of our vision of who we are as a church, and then we're going to talk about what that means for us in 2024. What are we focusing on? What are we striving towards? What are we working towards for the next year? So that's going to be the next two Sundays, Make sure you are here for that church. It's a really important time for us. Um, and then after that, we'll jump right back into Philippians and start chapter 3. So I'm just going to let you know the roadmap of what's going on in the next couple of weeks. But today, with it being New Year's Eve, I want to do something a little different. So uh, like I said, we're, we're not going to be in Philippians. We're going to take a break, and I want us to look back in the Old Testament and see how the Israelites celebrated New Year's. You know, New Year's is not just a, an American or, or, you know, current century kind of celebration. This has uh, been moments throughout history where civilizations and societies have marked the special beginning of a new year. And it's the same with the Israelites in the Old Testament. So when you look at the Old Testament, the Israelites, the people of God, were called and commanded by God to celebrate uh, throughout the year with these seven different feasts or festivals. And you can see this outlined throughout the Old Testament, one of those places and found in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. And I know, you know, Leviticus often associated, well, that's just the law and it's kind of boring or whatever. No, it's awesome. You should all look at Leviticus, study and read Leviticus. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. But, but you can look at Leviticus chapter 23 and see all of these different feasts and festivals outlined for the people of God. And one of those feasts that you see is what's called the feast or the festival of the trumpets. 
the Feast of the Trumpets, and that was celebrated at what became the beginning of the Jewish calendar, the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And today it's continued to be celebrated, and now it's called Rosh Hashanah. So if you ever heard of the, the holiday Rosh Hashanah, that's what this is. It's the Feast of the Trumpets. It's the Jewish New Year. And it's, like I said, mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23. So let me read where it, it, it's first spoken of here. In Leviticus chapter 23, starting in verse 23, it says this. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest, commemoration, and trumpet blasts, a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work, but you must present a food offering to the Lord. It's also mentioned in Numbers 29, starting in verse 1, it says this. You are to hold a sacred assembly in the seventh month on the first day of the month, and you are to not do any daily work. This will be a day of trumpet blasts for you. Offer a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One young bull, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old, all unblemished, with their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven male lambs. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for yourself. So that's kind of the, the high-level overview of what happened during the feast or the festival of the trumpets. It was, it was a, a, a day of rest, right? It was a Sabbath moment where it kicked off. Uh, the beginning of it was this day of, of, of resting in the Lord, a Sabbath day of rest, no work. As you see there, that they would also make many sacrifices during this time. Another thing that we know from history is that, they, that this festival was associated by eating a bunch of sweet treats, sweet foods, which is awesome, right? We know about that during the holidays. How many of y'all eating too much pie or things like that? You don't have to raise your hand, but I know I sure have. It's, it's a good thing, right? That's fun. So they would eat sweet treats. So they kind of symbolize this desire and this want to have a, a sweet new year, a good new year. And then as you saw here that uh, many trumpet blast, right? You see this mentioned twice. There's a day of trumpet blast, and that's exactly what it would be. A rabbi would blow what was called a chauffeur horn or some kind of trumpet a hundred times on the first day of this festival. So it really was a day full of trumpet blast. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. And it was also meant to be a lengthy time of reflection, of introspection, and repentance. So what I want to do for the rest of our time, I just want to give us three practices that we can learn from how the ancient Israelites celebrated their new year and how we can draw that into our own lives as we have and mark this moment. This is a transition moment where we are ending a new year, beginning, ending one year and, and beginning a new one. So what, what kind of practices can we bring into our own lives to kind of set this time apart? So three things I want to give you, and like I said, we'll, we'll be quick on this. The first practice is, is looking back, looking back. So the Feast of Trumpets begins with, like I said, the blowing of a trumpet. And this would happen several times throughout the day. And this is one of those things that, that we see throughout Scripture. And it was a, a, when the Israelites would hear a trumpet blast, it would signify to them that, that this needs to be a moment of reflection. A trumpet blast signified this, this call to examine one's life. And that's exactly what would happen during this feast. Throughout this time, the Jews were encouraged to reflect on the past year, to look back on the past year and, and remember all the moments, right? The good, the bad, the happy and sad, the ups and downs, everything that kind of happened throughout that year. 
And they would also kind of look at, you know, some of those harsher moments where it's like, okay, well, well where, where do I need to make amends? Were there relationships that was broken? Did I sin against somebody that I need to go and repent and restore and seek forgiveness? They would try to do those things as well. So like I said, it was a time of great introspection for the Jewish people. Looking back over the past year and just kind of saying, okay, well, we began the year here and now at the end of the year, this is where I'm at in life. It was just a good time to, to just kind of look back and see how things unfolded over the last year. And as we move into 2024, I would encourage us to have a moment today or over the next few days where we do exactly that, where we look back over the past year and just examine and remember. Remember the good things, right? It's important to remember and celebrate the good things that have happened this year, the many blessings that God has given us this year. And it's important to reflect on the difficult moments too. Those mistakes or regrets or hardships or broken relationships, those, those maybe painful moments that we, we want to just kind of lock away and put in a box and forget about and say never to return again, but it's important for us to reflect on those moments as well because it's in those moments that God is doing some of his greatest work in our lives. We don't want to miss that opportunity. We want to uh, encourage us to, to use this moment for some heart searching, some self-examination and reflection over the past year. And see so what would happen as the Jews did this, as they would examine and reflect, what they would do is they would remind themselves of who they are in God. Right? They wouldn't just spend time thinking about all the things they did or didn't do or accomplished or, or didn't accomplish. They would, they would look back at, at the covenant promises of God. So as we look back, we want to look back beyond just 2023. We want to look back and remember who we are in God. We want to look back all the way to creation. This is what the ancient Jews did. They, they would go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and they would remember that they are created by God. They would look back at what God did through Moses and the Exodus. They would remember the covenant that he made with them at Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments and the law. They would remind themselves and remember that we are the people of God, that God has committed himself to them and they to him, that they were deeply loved by God. And church, I want to encourage us to do the exact same thing. Let's look back on this past year, whatever happened, the good, the bad, whatever we did or didn't do, did or didn't accomplish. Let's look back on all that, but at the same time, let us remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. Let us remember and remind ourselves that we are God's people, that we are God's children, that we are deeply loved and accepted and approved of by God in Christ. So church, as we look back, as we reflect, as we remember let us look back as a reminder of who we are in God, who we are as the people of God. So we look back. The second thing we want to do is we want to look forward. We want to look forward. There's another thing that the Jewish people would do during the Feast of the Trumpets was, was look forward to the new year. Right? And that, that's typically what's associated with our practice of the new year, right? We, we look ahead to this, you know, this awesome opportunity of a, a fresh start, right? New possibilities. New year, new you, right? That's what we say. And we, we make these resolutions and we set out these goals and the type A people like love this time because they're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accomplish these 10 things and here are the sub points of the 10 things that I'm going to accomplish and here's how I'm going to do it and you outline all of that and, and we've got this, you know, again, this fresh beginning and that's an exciting time and we should take advantage of that and we should do those things. We should set goals. We, we can do resolutions and seek to change things and grow and improve and, and set career goals or whatever it may be like that, 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 that can be good and healthy. 
And that's what the Jewish people would do. They, they would look forward to this new beginning, this new year. Like I said, they, they would eat sweet things to help them remember and pray for and look forward to a, a sweet or good new year. So as we look forward, I want us to encourage us to, to do the same, right? We want to look forward not just to 2024, but I want to encourage us to look forward beyond just that, beyond just this next year. Because... He, Trumpet blasts were, were a thing in the Old Testament. We see trumpets mentioned all throughout the Old Testament, but we also see trumpets mentioned in the New Testament. And typically when trumpets are mentioned in the New Testament, they are associated with one particular event, and that is the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus. When Jesus' return is spoken of, it's said that we will hear a trumpet blast and Jesus will return. We see this mentioned in places like Matthew 24, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, and, and all throughout the book of Revelation. And this is the, the one, the final trumpet blast that we will hear before Jesus returns. So that is something that, that when we see the trumpet blast, when we see this mentioned in Scripture, our minds should go to the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus, and all that entails. So as we look forward to a new year, I want us to look beyond 2024 and look to the promises that we have in Jesus Christ, that, that he is coming back one day, and that when he does, he will put an end to all evil, all pain, all suffering, all hardship, all brokenness. He'll put an end to all that. And we as the people of God will spend eternity with him in the perfect new heavens and new earth. That's a promise from Jesus. That is a guarantee from Jesus. That is something that we should constantly be looking forward to, church. So yes, let's look forward to the new year. Yes, let's look forward to fresh possibilities and a fresh start and new and exciting things. But let's also look forward to the final trumpet blast, the return of Jesus. So as we look forward, we look forward as a reminder of what is promised to us by Jesus. And then the third thing, the third and final thing I want to encourage us to do as we transition into this new year is look inward. So we want to look back, we want to look forward, and we want to look inward. The biggest theme associated with the Feast of Trumpets is repentance. It's repentance. See, the Feast of Trumpets kicks off a 10-day period that leads up to the most holy day of the Jewish calendar, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. So Rosh Hashanah happens on the first, and then on the tenth day after that is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the day where, where the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies, right? The one day that he's allowed to do that, and they would sacrifice an animal for the sins of the people to atone and make payment for the sins of the Israelite people for that year. And the Feast of Trumpets begins that ten-day period. So this was a, a beginning of a, of a 10-day stretch that was focused, again, on introspection and reflection and meant to drive towards repentance. So the people would participate in this by, as we saw in, in Numbers, making a bunch of sacrifices, right? They would participate in their own sacrifices. They would participate in this as, as using this a time to confess sins, maybe even to those that they have sinned against, and again, to seek amends and restoration for those broken relationships, and I want to encourage us to do the same. To repent essentially means to turn, right? And usually we, we associate that with, with turning away from sin, right? That's typically when we talk about repentance, we're talking about not sinning anymore. But repentance is not just a turning from, it's a turning to. 
as we turn from sin, we want to turn towards something else, something better than our sin, and that's Jesus. That's what repentance is. It's a turning away from our sin and turning towards Jesus. It's saying, I'm done with this way of living. I'm done living separated from God. I'm done living my own way in my own terms and my own selfish desires and ambitions. I'm, I'm, I'm done chasing after sin. I'm done living in the temptations of the enemy. I'm, I'm done trusting and living for and loving things more than Jesus. I'm turning away from that and I'm turning towards Jesus. I'm coming back to him. I'm turning towards him. I'm, I'm coming back to, to follow him and to live for him and, and to give my devotion fully to him. That's repentance. That's what we are called to do. So I want to encourage us to use this moment. Again, in these big transition times throughout the year, let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of this time and, and set this time away to, to turn fully back to Jesus. As we look back on the last year, let's, let's look inward into our own hearts and lives and, and ask ourselves hard questions like, like how, how am I straying? How am I walking away from God? How have I indulged in the temptations? How have I given my heart and my trust to things other than Jesus? How have I started living for myself instead of Jesus? And let's use this as a time to turn back to him. That's the most significant change that we could ever make. That's the most significant resolution that we could ever make. All those health and fitness goals and financial goals and all those things that we typically have as resolutions, those are all great. Those are awesome. But let's make the resolution to live a life fully devoted to Jesus this year. What would that look like for you? How would things change in your life? if you lived fully, 100% devoted for Jesus for 2024. Let, let's do that. Let's use this moment to fully turn and follow Jesus with everything. Give him everything. And look, as painful and as, as difficult as it can be to kind of have that introspection where we look deep inside our hearts and, and ask ourselves those hard questions. Where am I straying? Where am I outside of Scripture? Where am I not following Jesus? As difficult as that can be, as much as we sometimes don't really want to do that, it's a really good thing for us. And it's actually God's grace. It's evidence of His grace in our lives. It's God's grace that He allows us to see our sin. It's God's grace that he allows us to see what our sin brings, the fruit of our sin, the, the destruction and the deception that it brings to our lives. That's God's grace that he does that for us. And it's God's grace that we're reminded of the goodness and the beauty and the grace and the holiness and the, and the majesty and the wonder of Jesus Christ. So where do we need to repent? Where do we need to turn? Who do we need to repent to? Another thing that the Jewish people would do during this time of the Feast of Trumpets is they would participate in this service or, or ritual called Tashlik. Tashlik, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it's all good. Tashlik, it, it means to cast off. It means to cast off. And what they would do is they would gather near a flowing stream of water, you know, a creek, a stream, a river, something where the water is moving. And they would either stand on the banks or they would even stand in the water and they would symbolically cast off their sins. 
They would confess their sins. They would repent of their sins. And this was their way of, of casting them into the water. And what they would do is they would read this passage from Micah chapter 7. It says this. Micah 7, starting in verse 18, it says, Who is a God like you, forgiving iniquity and passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not hold on to his anger forever because he delights in faithful love. He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show loyalty to Jacob and faithful love to Abraham as you swore to our ancestors from days long ago. Church, that's a beautiful reminder of the gospel. It's a beautiful reminder of what Jesus does in our lives. So as we reflect on, as we examine our heart, as we, we dwell on it, Lord, how have I strayed from you? It's not a time where we heap on guilt and shame and punishment for our straying. It's a time to remember the gospel. Remember God's grace in our lives that he takes our sin and casts it into the depths of the sea. Y'all, we don't even know the depths of the sea, right? Like even in 2023, almost 2024, with all the technology that we have, we still have no idea about the full length and depths of the sea. This was a symbol of how far God removes our sin from us. That is good news, church. And he says that he does it with all of our sin, not just some of our sin, not just some of the, the lighter sins. No, he does it with all of our sin, past, present, future sins, all cast into the depths of the sea, removed as far away from us as possible and never to be seen again. That's God's grace in repentance. So as we examine, as we repent, as we turn back to Jesus, we do so as a reminder of Jesus' grace in our lives. It's a reminder that we have been fully forgiven in Christ, that our, that our sins are cast into the depths of the sea. It's a reminder that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. It's a reminder of Jesus' grace and mercy in my life. And it's a reminder that there is nothing, including my sin, including my struggles, including my wandering, my straying, including my mistakes and my regrets, there is nothing that can keep me away from Jesus' love and constant presence in my life. So again, as we reflect, as we remember, as we repent, we remember God's grace in our lives. Now, church, I'm going to pray in a moment, and the band's going to come back up and, and lead us into a time of worship, and we're going to do what we do every single Sunday here at Haynes Creek. We're going to participate in a time of communion. And this is a time that we have every single week to do exactly what we're talking about, to, to sit for a moment and reflect and remember Jesus. Remember the gospel. Remember what he has done for us. Remember the salvation and the forgiveness that he alone provides. So church, I want to encourage you as, as the band comes up and leads us as they play, just like we do every week, I want to encourage you, and especially today as we mark this beginning of a new year, let's, let's do some reflection. Let's have some time of remembrance. Maybe even as you got your kids, those of you maybe with some older kids, maybe, maybe you just want to sit and talk and remember the ups and downs of the year and, and pray together and repent together if there is anything. And mark this moment 
to just be with, with Jesus and remember him in the gospel. And then as you're ready, church, you can come to either side of the room and take the elements and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, the salvation that he alone provides. And then church, let's, let's worship our good God and Savior. Amen? And let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for this past year. I thank you for all the many blessings that you've given us, Lord. And, and we do, we thank you for even the hard times. As much as we probably wish that those would, would not come or they would be less severe, they would be less frequent, Lord, we know that it is a reminder of your work in our lives. It's a reminder that we depend fully on you. It's a reminder that, that everything we long for and search for in this life can only be found in you, Jesus. So we thank you for this past year, Lord, and we thank you for the beginning of a new year and what that means, Lord, and this fresh possibility, the, the new beginnings, new outlook, new goals, whatever it may be, Lord, we, we thank you for the grace of a new year, of a new day, Jesus. We know that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, Lord, so we, we thank you for the every day, Lord. Every day is a gift from you. Lord, we pray over this next year, I pray, Lord, that you would have your hand of blessing upon each person here and over this church in 2024. Lord, would we be a people that live lives fully devoted to you this year, Lord. And we look forward to seeing all the many ways you're gonna work in and through our lives, Lord. So we love you, we thank you, we lift high your name today. In your name we pray, amen.